Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Dial H for Heroclix, where I'm your host Hunter Smith and with me is once again just my cousin and good friend Austin Smith. I know, for all the crap Drew gives me for not showing up. Well, this time it's not Drew's fault. This is, yeah. Uh, we, so we talked about we last week. We failed our resurrection. We, we talked about last week that we were going to switch up the schedule and then then Drew finds out that it's, they're actually going to wait a few weeks before they do that, but we already had planned on doing it Tuesday night. Anyways, let me just tell you guys, I don't know when the podcast is going to come out over the next couple of weeks, but I can guarantee you that you'll get an episode every week. It's like a surprise. You'll just wake up one morning and bam, we're right there in your face. Yeah. When you least expect it. That's when <laughs> Dial H is going to pop up and update on your uh, iPhone or whatever, however you listen. So, like I said, we're going to definitely do an episode every week. It's just over the next couple of weeks, uh, work schedules are hectic, and so I don't know when they're going to come up. So just make sure that you like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, and that way you get, uh, or on the keep up with the uh, HC realm, or the sorry, the uh, HeroClick subreddit. Either way, we post to those every time we up, we uh, put out a new episode. So if you follow any of those, you'll always know when a new episode comes out. Anyways, for today's episode... Austin and I are going to discuss the ROC season format for month one, or sorry, for, I guess, season one, I guess. 2015. uh, And talk about pieces that we saw do well. We hosted the the, uh, Indianapolis qualifier, the first qualifier for ROC, or sorry, regional qualifier, and we will talk about that, and we'll mainly be talking about the teams uh, what we saw and what we expect to do well in this format. It's an interesting format, one that I actually really like. Um, kind of wish it would be like the secondary at Gen Con next year. You know what I mean? How oh, they, yeah. how they oh, did right, Modern yeah. and Golden, and this year they did Modern and Teams. Like, this is a cool format. So we're going to talk about that, talk about the very few spoilers we have, and also get into some comics movie news, some Marvel news. I don't know what you're talking about. Some big breaking news, actually. Some amazing news. Just just hit like two or three hours ago from when we recorded this. Probably about 24 hours, and you've probably seen this by the time you're listening. But. Well, speaking of big news, we have big Heroclix news. Oh, yeah. for having no, This is the only spoiler for this week, and it's a big one. So, Glass Cabinet Films is the first place I've seen this. Uh, has spoiled a solicit for War of Light Gravity Feed. And these are the small CTD size boxes, the one figure per box, come in the 24 count uh, bricks. And the solicit says, the War of Light construct packs makes available 56 constructs that were previously only available through conventions, plus introduces four never released green constructs. There's that green sniper rifle we were talking about. Each foil pack contains a construct and a card, and the packs are two dollars two dollars each so that so 56 plus four leaves a 60 uh it doesn't say anything about rarity i'm gonna assume they're all blanket same rarity i would hope uh seven of each color and then four of the green ones very cool yeah i mean this makes me really happy this is set to let's see orders are due november 25th expected release is february 4th so that would mean for Probably those about of june for those, <laughs> for those of you who got your constructs at Gen Con, that means you got them exclusively for six months? Six, seven months, yeah. So I guess that's not bad, actually. Because at, 
my first reaction was, wow, I'm surprised they're doing these this quick. And I was like, I, I bet the people who got them at Gen Con are going to be, you know, upset that, hey, you know, instead of going for the Marvels, for Guardians boosters, we went for these. But actually, it, if I think about it, by the time, if these came out right now, I think people would be upset. But since they're not coming out till February, I think that's the perfect amount. Six to be, months. To be fair, too. As someone who's right here where Gen Con is, like it, it does. It seems like a bigger deal to us. But when you think about the fact that probably a good ninety percent of HeroClix players don't ever get access to these things because they're not at Gen Con or Origins. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this is a much. And some of these, to be honest, some of these things are ridiculous. Like sniper rifles in all the colors. Yeah. Like for those to be con exclusives was a bit, a bit too much. It's kind of like the bat belt items. Like the bat belt items being con- the best items being con exclusive was really weird. So that is very welcome news. Oh yeah. Austin was going to discuss Marvel Comics news. Well, movie news. Marvel Comics movies news. <laughs> okay, so Marvel, we all know Marvel's uh, San Diego Comic-Con presentation was pretty lackluster. It was uh, kind of a flop. We all expected some big Doctor Strange, some Black Panther news and stuff like that. And we didn't get anything. And they came out and today with a they had a big press conference they had planned and they put all these streams up and everything for people to watch and listen and invited all the press and stuff they did huge news today and we weren't expecting the volume of news we were going to get so what they've done is they've gone and released their movie schedule for the next what is that 5 years um here's what we're looking at May 6th 2016 we have Captain America 3 Civil War which is huge. Um, they said that this Civil War is not going to be like the comic one. Um, there will be a global superhero registration thing, and it's and a pivotal event that will cause a bunch of problems and break out the war. But it's not going to be based around superhero identities and stuff as much as it will be just registering with the government. Hmm. Um, November 4th, 2016, we have the official announcement of Doctor Strange, which will be directed by Scott Derrickson. And it'll involve parallel dimensions and worlds. Well, big surprise there. Yeah, I know, right? Let me see. Let's look up... That's what I was about to do, Did you see if Scott Derrickson... I haven't actually looked him up yet. That name is not familiar to me, so let's see if he's directed anything of note. Derrick. R-I-C-K. He has a Rotten Tomato, so he's obviously... Uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister, and Deliver Us from Evil. So all scary movies. Uh, Day the Earth Stood Still. He was screenwriter on a bunch of horror movies too. Hellraiser, Urban Legends, yeah, all kinds of scary movies. Which is okay because Doctor Strange is sort of in that vein. You know, the mystical, demonic type vein. So It'll definitely be interesting to see what he does with it. I mean, and, like, and none of those movies are like complete turds or anything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those aren't awful movies. They're to not be, amazing, but they're not awful. Either. To be fair, the Guardians of the Galaxy director, if I re- was it Gunn, yeah. Some of the stuff he like people were kind of like at first when they first announced him, they were like, I don't know if he'll be able to handle Guardians of the Galaxy, and that movie ended up amazing. Speaking of Guardians, coming up next in May fifth, twenty seventeen, we have Guardians of the Galaxy two. They haven't announced a subtitle for it yet. Um, July 28th, uh, 2017, we have Thor Ragnarok, and both Loki and Thor, uh, both, uh, Hemsworth and Hiddleston as Loki and Thor are planned to return, because there were some doubts of whether Hiddleston would return, or they'd have Loki at all, because Loki's been so saturated. 
Um, but following that, November 3rd, 2017, we have Black Panther, starring Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. And Boseman, Boseman's not, like, super I have prolific. To look, I have to look this dude up, because... Uh, I mean, he definitely looks the part. First of all, not to sound racist at all, but Chadwick, not a very African-American sounding name. <laughs> like, if you told me your name was Chadwick, like, online, and I'd never seen you, I'd assume you're, like, a white Englishman... Yeah. Right? I mean, Chadwick, come on. The the, the suffix wick, period. Yeah, wick on the end. Um, oh, in, this is the guy who played Jackie Robinson, isn't it? In 42. Yep, in 42. Uh, okay. Draft Day, Get On Up, Gods of Egypt. Um, the other thing that's big about Black Panther is he's going to play a huge role in the Captain, American Civil, Captain America Civil War movie. So uh, they said that uh, that'll be our big introduction to him, and then he'll be spinning off on his own movie the following year. Hmm. Um, Captain Marvel for July 6th, 2018. Um, it will be Carol Danvers, and it'll be a big cosmic earth-torn kind of movie where there will be a good mix of both. Um, they said it's going to be about her trying to get like figure out her identity of whether she's a space superhero or an earthbound one or whatever. Um, following that, November 2nd, 2018, we have Inhumans. And then May... Oh, wait, hold on. Part one, part one of Avengers three actually comes before both of those, um, which Avengers three is Infinity War Part one. So what'll happen is after Black Panther, we'll be getting Infinity War Part one, which they already showed a little like mini teaser of Thanos holding the gauntlet and all that stuff, um, and then that'll follow with Captain Marvel and Inhumans, which will then follow with Infinity War Part two May of the next year. So. Sandwiched between both the Infinity Wars, we're going to get more cosmic stuff, which is awesome. That way, Captain Marvel and the Inhumans can help out fight part two. against Thanos. Um, the Phage said there were a bunch of uh, press release questions. Um, a lot of people asked about the Benedict Cumberbatch confirmation that uh, Deadline had put out and all the stuff like that. Phage said if it was true, they would have announced it today. So that deconfirms the fact that he was locked in for it. Um, he could still be in the running for it. Like, he could be one of the top choices or something like that, but it, they haven't locked him in if that's the case. Um, they're looking, they're casting Captain Marvel right now and looking for a director and producer. Um, they said they'll have news very soon about the director and producer. Um, on that note, Phage also said one of the press had asked if, like, for example, were they hunting for a female director for Captain Marvel and an African-American one for Black Panther? And he said, no, they're going straight best person for the job, period. They don't look at that kind of stuff. Um, Civil War, as I said, Civil War will be a lot different from the comics version. It'll involve a global superhero registration with a specific inciting event. Um, secret entities aren't as important. It will be Cap versus Tony, of course. Um Hulk is still planning on appearing in all Avengers movies. There was some talk about maybe he was going to be dropping out. Um, standalone Hulk movie is still a possibility. I doubt they'd do it again. Um, for a while at least. Because they have not done well. They Although, said they haven't found a good script for it is their problem. Well, honestly, I really liked the one that Ed Norton was in. The very last mm-hmm. standalone. I loved that I movie. just rewatched that one a few months ago I and I actually liked one. it. A lot of people don't like it though for some reason. Um, when asked about Spider-Man, because there were a lot of rumors circulating about Fox and Marvel having a deal going on with Spider-Man... Phage said the rumors are either not true at all or something's not ready to be announced yet. So he didn't flat out shut them down. So that was kind of interesting. Um, he said that we'll find out a lot more about Inhumans soon. Easter eggs are going to introduce them. And he hints at some Easter eggs in Age of Ultron. 
Um, Phage loves the current Runaway script, but it's just not ready yet. It comes up in TV and movie discussions a lot with them. And then he said a Black Widow movie hasn't been done yet because she's so perfect working with the Avengers. And it's the same boat with Hulk. I don't feel like I need a standalone Widow or Hulk movie, though. I can, honestly, I don't need anyways. one, but I think if they did if they did one well, I would watch it. So pretty damn sweet. Yep, and then they got the logos for all the movies and crap like that, and they look awesome, and we're all hyped. The whole asking if you need a female director for Captain Marvel, I know. that doesn't even make any damn sense. First of all, it definitely doesn't make any sense for a female director. You have to have a female director for Captain Marvel. And it definitely doesn't make any sense for Black Panther either. It's not like we're talking about a character who's like, okay, it's not Luke His Cage. His race doesn't 100% define It's him. not Luke Cage, yeah. who's like soul creation, not soul, but part of his whole creation and importance back when he was created was to have a strong African-American character. And like he was, and then they commented about racism using him as the linchpin in the whole thing, like in comics all the time. Yeah. So that's like a strong African-American history character. Black Panther has absolutely nothing to do with that. Yeah. Um, they did say that there was a big Easter egg in the age of Ultron trailer. And that would be uh, claw claw shows up in the age of Ultron trailer. And I don't know if any of you guys haven't seen that trailer yet, but you need to go watch it because it was amazing. That's going to do it for news, as we said. Yep. Pretty, pretty light week. Let's kick into our main topic before we get into anything else. And so for those of you unfamiliar with the ROC current format, this year they decided to go with seasons. And there's two different ones. The current one goes from September 2014 to March 2015 and the format is 300 points modern age so same thing you're used to except there's no tactics and no entity possession and that also includes playing if you play a full points entity and they die you still can't possess so absolutely no entity possession and no tactics uh as of now under current you know hero clicks whiz kids rules um bystanders horde tokens and then Actually, bystanders of any kind, even if they come with a figure like Phantom X or Alyosha Craven or something like that, cannot be used. Yet, Deadpool, Word Bubbles, and uh, construct traits can be aren't considered tactics and can be used. So that's going to play... There's a lot of debate about that, but yeah. There's no point in, our, in us arguing yeah. over. Obviously, we think it should be all or none, is my stance on it. You know, if you're going to... Yeah. If you're going to consider the bystanders' uh, tactics, then you should also consider the constructs trade and the Deadpool word bubbles that. Or, in my opinion, it should just none of it be considered tactics. And that's what's kind of funny about it is, like, if you look at a lot of the teams that are played, typically they had like word bubbles or constructs yeah. or something like that. So that's the format. What we've seen and personally at our event. First of all, just a quick comment on the event. Um, we had a good time. We had 23 people. Yeah, it was a pretty... It was It was low, lower than what we were expecting, but still, you know, decent numbers. It was a great crew, though. Like, I mean, like, it was some of the friendliest guys, like, I've ever met. Like, when you think top-end hero clicks, you expect, like, everyone to be all cutthroat and yeah. calling each other on crap. No, no, everyone was pretty laid back. For... Everyone was very laid back, honestly. We didn't... I didn't have any issues with anybody causing any trouble whatsoever. And the... 
the atmosphere and the attitude of everybody overall was very friendly and, and not not what you would expect from a tournament with a bunch the of non-exclusives <laughs> as you know the prizes. So I was very happy about that. Things didn't go our way. We had some issues with the the computer system they were wanting us to run, but once we switched and just started doing everything by hand, that went perfect and uh, everything went pretty well. I was very happy to meet a lot of you guys too. Yep. Um, so as far as what we saw from the teams, a lot of Kyle Rayner, lot of Mister Kyle Rayner, and that that could have been expected. I think at the end of the podcast last week, me and Austin said. We expect to see a lot of Kyle Rayner. I expected a lot of Despotelis. And Despotelis did not. Couple. We didn't see a ton of him. There were only we a couple. We saw some, but I don't think any, uh, very many of them got even top eight. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. Too. They could have, but the winner walked. Out, the winner actually won with a piece that I, I wasn't really expecting. No, I don't think. I, I don't think anyone was expecting. <laughs> and um, it was. It was an awesome, awesome team. So what we saw the most of, um, top figure definitely was Kyle Rayner from. Uh, the LE Green Lantern version from War of Light. He, of course, is a really good dial already, but it's mainly the construct thing that makes a big difference because there were other pieces that got played that had constructs. Um, John Stewart, a couple other ones. Ron Vidar was on one of the top teams, uh, one of the High Father teams, I think. So, obviously, the con- anything, and this will link into our first place players team. In a no-tactics format, what you want to do is you want to play a piece that gives you lots of options versatility without needing a resource. Because that's one thing resources provide. They provide you access to things to fix in certain situations. If I'm playing Book of Skulls and you have a hypersonic team, I, I easily throw on Mox Hammer on a certain piece in a certain area and... Plasticity causes you trouble. If you have a lot of dampeners, I throw on Scotty's Hammer. I have Exploit now. I can cut right through. Um, If I'm getting out pace, I can either throw on Null's Hammer on one of my key figures or I can quickly get all my hammers out and get Paracosmic. So it's like you... A resource helps you solve for X. Yeah. It fills in your gaps and your Things like Constructs help you do that too. That's the thing. Like That's such an advantage. Yeah, and then the ability to upgrade the constructs mid game because of the construct trait was really good. That's we what saw I'm saying. A lot of that. That's what I'm saying. You come in with X, you come in with the net, and if the other team has a lot of impervious, you just switch to the uh, is it scissors that's exploit? Yep. I think you, you know you switch to scissors, or if you, you nurse to regen up when you're damaged. If your opponent doesn't ignore characters and they're running like their whole team's built around one piece, throw the net on and like constantly keep them dealing with something like that. Or if they don't see through blocking and you want to keep your team protected like switch to the barrier like the options is what is amazing and same thing with deadpool word bubbles although we didn't see many deadpool figures i think we only had we had an evil deadpool team yeah and a bunch of head pulls a bunch of head pulls now Uh, what's the figure that provides a lot of versatility the guy won with hunter super scroll chase that was a shocker to me so it's the most wanted of the scrolls chases, and it's probably the zombies best. Chases, you mean? Uh, sorry, zombie chases, and it's probably the best. Uh, to be honest, because of its versatility, it, it's if you're unfamiliar with it, he gets to pick X amount of power, number of different powers, basically anything he wants, and then at the end of that, he has to roll a d6. If he rolls 
a certain number. He has to take clicks of da- uh, take a click of damage. And of course, the more power that he picks, the harder it is for him to not take damage. But the fact of getting the option to choose anything you need at any time is what's so key. And then on top of that, of course, he's a zombie, so he has his food tokens mm-hmm. and his virus tokens. So you really don't care about as much about taking that click of damage. Um, and again, steel energy too. Yep. Like you can pick steel energy. You he can, picked steel energy a lot. You can. He has poison a lot. You can pick sidestep and then sidestep poison. He ignores characters. You're getting also the tokens to where when you KO a figure, you can steal it from your opponent and use it. Um, his base dial itself, he alternates between one of two sets of clicks. It's either sidestep barrier close combat expert, or it's charge poison perplex with no defense power. And that's what was kind of nuts about him was that he already has those great powers. So you could just pick stuff to accent that. Like on his charge clicks, take exploit. Or take exploit, steal energy, and then charge and smack somebody. I mean, like, uh, I saw him, I saw the guy who was playing him take precision strike a lot to guarantee that hit in so his steel energy would go through. I mean, like, it was it was a really interesting team, and the matches were really fun to watch, actually, because you never knew what way it was going to swing all of a sudden. I was just reading Eric's. I saw that. We try, due to the number of people in the event, I decided it would be quicker to do by hand than trying to rework. I made this decision to not hold back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, what were you talking about? Super scroll picking precision strikes so steel energy goes through automatically. Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, he couldn't pick both because they're both attack. Well, he he has steel energy on his dial at a bunch of points. Oh, gotcha. Um, so. It's, it, it it all circles back to the toolbox idea, the yep. the having different options. And the player also obviously played him a lot, played the figure a lot. I, I watched his last two matches. I was impressed. It was very obvious that he knew the dial back and forth. He knew what to pick and what situations. He knew what to do. Um, the guys he came with were telling me that <coughs> that is a piece he plays nonstop. Yeah, and it paid off for him. But in general, what we, oh, another figure we saw a lot of was Proxima Midnight. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about that. Proxima helps with Bizarro matchups. Um, she helps with, she's just a good all around freaking really really good figure. Anyway, she helps with Kyle Rayner uh, with his stop click, yep. you know, issues because obviously, as you know, guys know he has two stop clicks during his dial. Those stop clicks are very, very good. The rest of his dial isn't bad, but for the point cost, most of those clicks are kind of bad. So really, he gets all of his efficiency from being on those stop clicks. So if you can manage to put a tracer on him, you can keep him off of those stop clicks and keep him through the mediocre parts of his dial. Um, We saw most of the matchups that were Proxima versus Kyle. Proxima won out from what I saw. So... She's not necessarily a straight-up hard counter, but she definitely is just a good piece that helps in that. In it's that funny game. because, like, had you told me we would see tentpole teams that weren't Bizarro or Resurrection Man or something like that, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. Well, and then did we, we say all those Kyles. Did we see Bizarro? No, I don't. I think there was one Bizarro. There weren't many. If I mean, there might... I didn't check every build sheet because obviously we had a big we had five people helping us, but from what I saw, I don't I don't even remember seeing any Bizarros. So that's a big deal too. Yeah. I mean, although like we said, Proxima would have really helped with that matchup. And it is no tactics, no possession. So I mean, Bizarro doesn't have his healing, which is part of what makes him really annoying mm-hmm. to kill. Is that Anger's hammer, that possession, or that? Uh, 
we, like we said, we saw some Despotellus. He is very good in this format. Um, even though we didn't see him a whole lot, I would say to you should still expect to deal to have a way to deal with him. Yeah, it's hard to find a piece that's worth as many points. Like the point value of him to what you get out of yeah. him is just absurd. There's, I, like I said, I think it was just coincidence that we didn't see him as much. I think he will continue to play be played a whole lot in the format and like I said when you build your team if he's not on your team you need to have in the back of your head how am I going to deal with him so some some things to think about whenever you build your team how am I going to deal with Kyle Rayner and uh, because I can guarantee you he's already been played a lot in the ROC so far and he got played a ton at ours so he's here for a while, that's for sure. Oh yeah, that's a piece to keep your eyes on. So keep in your head, how am I going to deal with Kyle Rayner? And then how am I going to deal with Despotellus? Because those are two pieces you're going to run into a lot. You know what piece actually I see the most on the list? Blind Owl. Blind Owl, yeah. I think Blind Owl was on the most teams out of any piece that showed up there. And for various reasons. The most obvious put is to put a character on a second click if it's a character that for some reason is yeah. really good on their second click. The other reason is just if you have a team like Batarangs, for instance, that teleports on first turn with the Shatter Stars, you could use a. I meant to double check and make sure that would work, but uh, you See could you, leave, you could at least use yeah you could still use her perplex to perp up your D and then tie up. I'm gonna look up blind the wording on Blind Owl's uh, perplex just to double check. Yep, target a character in your starting area. It doesn't say it's. It doesn't say it has to stay. Like so, yeah. I mean, there's multiple uses for her. the most interesting and creative use we saw for her, which won't be able to be done again. But for now, we'll talk about it. Uh, was Michael Crone's team? He played Hellspont and Krampus. And if you're not familiar with Hellspont, he has a power. I'm so happy this piece that <laughs> lets him on his second click. He has a power. That lets him switch places with the opponent. And his uh, power reads, Give Hellspawn a double power action. Select an opposing character of lower point value. He's 200 points. Uh, lower point value. Place Hellspawn and the chosen character in each other's squares. After actions resolve, Hellspawn may be given a closer range combat attack as a free action. So you switch places with them. With this, this can break, as we ruled it at the tournament... This can and how it was ruled when he first came out uh, is not subject to first round immunity because it does not target the character. And Krampus is just a decent capture piece. Yeah, for those and of you. Krampus's other thing is his per- he has a perplex that's negative two to combat or something. Oh no, it's a uh, yeah, it's negative two to attack value. Um, then uh, he gets plus one attack for each action token on the enemy. So after the swap, if they fail to hit you for any reason. Because uh, if he doesn't have a captive, he has super senses or whatever. Um, then he's then your opponent's just going to slowly make themselves easier to hit in the subsequent turns. Mm-hmm. Um, he he also a, has plasticity, so it's hard to just run away from if yeah. you're just trying to get the hell out of there. And then Snowfall is Mystics or the Wild Card. Wild Card. Okay, so then there's nothing to really copy on that team. Um, and also, when he releases his captives, he heals up to oh, yeah, his he starting line too. So it was a really interesting idea. And it worked really well against Kyle Rayner. <laughs> um, so as it, w- it was, you know, the opponent, his first opponent brought it up. Can he use Hellspawn's power 
even on first turn, I read it. I read the rule book, the 2014 rule book, and this power does not target. And the rule book just says, uh, can't be, let me read it here. During the first round of the game, characters that have not been given an action, placed, or moved can't be targeted by opposing characters, knocked back, attacked, or damaged. And see, and they had previously ruled Hellspawn could do this. Yes. I looked up the orange rulings on it. So for this tournament, that's exactly how I ruled it. That since this power does not say that he targets, and that's what the rulebook says, and that's what it's always said, as far as I can remember, uh, then he could do it. However, somebody started a thread on it on the new rules forums the yesterday, so the day after, or sorry, Sunday, the day after the tournament, and asked about this exact same thing. And the HC Realms rules, or the, sorry, the Hero Clicks rules team says basically that same quote that I just read you but out of the 2014 the rule book, except they changed targeted to can't be affected by. So the way they're wording it. During the first round of the game, characters that have not been given an action token, placed, or moved, can't be affected by opposing characters knocked back, attacked, or damaged. So, I guess they're changing it on us. It'd be nice if they would have told us this ahead of time. Or if, you know, they would have put out an actual FAQ update to the rules or something like that would have been great. But as far as the 2014 rulebook, the 2014 rulebook says something totally different from what they are quoting here on their website but so i guess for now if you want to do this uh what was the guy's name again mike mike wouldn't it michael Michael crone um unfortunately that team is now illegal i guess um but for this tournament it was very very creative and a good idea it was great to watch too like had you ever told we talked about this had you ever told like given me the list of the top 100 pieces i'd ever see in meta hellspont would never have made that list no, and if he would, he'd be like 98 or 99. Yeah, and Krampus probably was like way out there. Uh, saw one Iron Pharaoh, and he ended up getting fifth place. So it's not like Iron Pharaoh dominated this format like a lot of people were afraid would happen. Yep. Um, a big thing that hurts Iron Pharaoh is the map situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, because not only... Well, I guess... You have equal map rolls for one. Exactly. So Pharaoh doesn't have a choice to get a, a chance to get a map. So it's a lot for harder for him to find a good barrier map. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, it's easy. It's a 50-50 shot, and then so, oh, there were people that were playing uh, Pacific Ocean, too, which flat-out screws Iron Pharaoh because it means he can't barrier. Mm-hmm. Unless he plays Sarah Rainmaker, which nobody... Nobody, no Sarah Rainmaker. Nobody played our combo, but we'll keep our, our fingers crossed. That's okay. There was a ruling change on Iron Pharaoh that makes my team even better for tactics. What's that? I'm. You can pulse wave through him now. You've always been... No, Orange has ruled you couldn't before. Ever since I've seen it, he's always been... No, when he first wave. landed, because I wanted to do that so bad with Gizmo. Um, anything else we saw a lot of? Just a couple of brother voodoos. Not like anything else really was super prevalent honestly that was it so uh one high father he did well he gave a lot of pieces some trouble in his matchups i think he was the only i thought there were two high fathers i know only one did well but i thought there was another one too i know that uh glenn pretty sure glenn's the winner's team uh the only team that he lost to was a high father team the super scroll team uh let me read his little post here Second round was high father. 
Yeah, he did. That was his only loss was to a high father team. Um, yeah, there were two high father teams because that one is a different one. Yeah. So again, it's not like he really uh, messed it up either. Really, to be honest, I mean, this was a diverse as hell. Yeah. I mean, I understand it's a small sample size at twenty three compared to what you'd expect out of a regional, but well, even the top eight, is, the top eight was completely is, diverse. It's pretty diverse. I mean, we have Kyle in there twice, three times. We have Kyle on there three times out of eight. That again, he's the most played figure, so we're gonna expect that. We have Proxima on there, but even the Kyle teams were all pretty different. Like they, they Kyle, things... Kyle Bruce Wayne Prime is one of them. Like who expected Bruce Wayne Prime? Kyle brother Voodoo, Kyle Cerise. So they're all you know pretty different. Yeah. Um, then the Hellspawn Krampus team is up there. Iron Pharaoh is one. High Fathers one. Proxima Midnight is on there a couple times. Um, there were a couple of the Captain Marvel Prime. Yeah, uh, which is we've. T- I don't know if we never talked about. I don't him think we I have. Remember I, him. I think I talked about it on the quarry a long time ago. How he is really. Yeah, good. I I actually don't know what he does. He's just stupid good for his points mainly. I mean, is he the new series? Yeah, psychic. Yeah, he is a prime too. He kind of does fit that boat. This new icon for H.C. Realms is jacking up my brain. I know. Uh. He has a Psychic Blast Energy Explosion with really good values and a cheap point cost. 82 points. With two 18s? Running shot. I'm pretty sure we talked about him. No, I don't remember talking about Running him. Running shot, 11 attack with Energy Explosion, in cap Psychic Blast. Uh, and, and when he hits, hit characters can't make attack. So yeah. he's a better version of Amethyst, basically. That's why, And that's why, what makes him a good um, teammate for Highfather. And defend with an 18 for an 82-point figure? Mm-hmm. He's nuts. And then friendly characters without the Cree keyword get put. This is retarded. I'm telling you. No, I don't. He's we, really stupid. we did not talk about he's this. Piece really good. I would have flipped out. He's really good with High Father because they can't break the pact, and so you have Captain Marvel go after the other people, hit them, and then they can't return fire because yeah. they can't make attacks. Um, really, the only thing he's missing is willpower. But the the, <laughs> he had willpower. the player that I saw using him was just using High Father support and healing Captain Marvel back up after he, every yeah. time he pushed. And I mean, it's not like his values change between his first and second. Place. And not only that, remember when High Father heals you, he buffs you. Yep. On top of it, so uh, that was a great, a really good team too. I I think we'll see a lot more of that piece. There's no way we won't. <laughs> oh, well, he'll be in the regular meta too. Yeah, he's really really good. Um, so, I mean, like I said, very diverse. I'm very happy with the results. I think some things to, so to, to, to round back around to the whole helping you build for the format. Um, as we said, things that give you options are always good. Whether that's, whether it's the piece itself, like super scroll or whether it's a, a specific thing that it has access to, like the green lantern constructs or the Deadpool word bubbles. Um, another thing you want, from what I see, I mean, most of these teams are fast. They have TK, or they have, uh, like, the double Shatterstar teams, like, instantly teleports the whole team to your yep. side of the map. Or you have or characters the, like Proxima that puts a clock on the enemy. Or the um, Krampus, uh, you know, Alice obviously Bob. that can't be done now, but, you know, a but, lot of these teams are quick. Even the Super Scroll team, he was T- Bruce Wayne was TK and Super Scroll out, and Super Scroll is just going. He has hypersonic, and he's just going after it. Um, there was some talk though because people were saying that his team has Hellspawn, but there have been Krampus teams at other events that didn't use Hellspawn. 
So, I mean, there's probably other stuff in the meta that could do this. And even then, Hellspot waiting a turn to do it isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because your enemy, I mean... It's not like they can do much about it. I mean, at worst, Shatterstar can teleport next to you on some teams, and that's about as close as you're going to get to them hitting you. Yeah. And even then, I'm sure you'll find a way. That yeah, as Austin said, just because it nerfs it that he can't do it first turn doesn't make it totally moot. Yeah. Especially if you can find a map that hurts TK. Oh yeah. Because um like that Teen Titans one with all the, the three different multiple levels and you can't really see down, like you know, there's gonna be a way that this team is still viable. It might not be as good, but it's still viable. I honestly think the team has some potential in uh resources even. So I would say right now it's looking like things are quick. So I would build a team that's really focused. You don't have a whole lot of time to jack around, especially with Blind Owl now because she can insta- if you do have one of those pieces that wants to push, she just instantly pushes you. And that's the reason we see a lot of, uh, if you see any of the characters with the constructs, they also have wall. Almost every one of them came with wall on the figure. It's because you need that energy shield turn one because it it helps negate your opponent's rush. The wall is the... Um, Oh, is it barrier? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Sorry. I was thinking shield. Well, the good thing about starting with the wall is it's one of the more expensive ones. So it's easier to swap. Then when you swap, yeah, you swap down and then it's uh, faster. Oh, and it's free action barrier. Okay. Free action to place two squares of blocking terrain, which is exceptionally good for 10 points. Oh, yeah. But whenever you use the trait, if you're switching to a cheaper construct, which pretty much every other one is cheaper than 10 points, it's a free action. Then it's a free action, so you can do it a lot easier than you otherwise would be able to. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking shield for some reason, because shield would be a good choice, too, honestly. I mean, energy shield first turn, it keeps people from running halfway across the map and shooting you. With TK and all that stuff. And I think the shield is 8 points. Yeah, I think it's 8. Yeah, so again, like Austin's saying, if they're already if they see through blocking, then you can free action swap down to the shield and then at least you'll have plus two on yeah. your attack, so So some things to look for. Um a way to deal with Despotellus, so some way to get your attack up. We saw teams use a police motorcycle to help with hitting things. In, in this format where there's no resources, anything that you can get access to that works with your team that helps plus one or minus one, so perplexes, police, hydra, yep. things of that nature, anything smoke cloud to hurt the opponent's attacks when they go to make an attack, all these little negative one, negative twos really hurt a lot in a, in a no-tactics format, way more than they do in a resource format. Um, and on that same page, guaranteed damage. Um Outwits to get rid of defense when you have poison, of course, is always huge. Um, anyone with penetrating poison, um, psychic. There's a lot of psychic blasts. Yeah, a on lot these of teams. a lot of penetrating damage. Um, we saw a bit of energy explosion actually. Like if you look through the pieces, a good chunk of them do have it. I think that's just mainly because Kyle has it and um, Captain Marvel has it, and they got played a lot. That's true. It's just kind of the. It's, it's a collateral today. damage. <laughs> it's it's kind of just a thing of the pieces that we have access to today. Um, but on the page of guaranteed damage, Proxima Midnight. Once she hits, you're guaranteed that damage every turn. Banshee Ban- uh, was, yeah. uh, was also on the second place team, Easton Brock's team, uh, who played Proxima, Banshee, Blue Lantern for TK and Prob, and then Blind Owl and Bill. We didn't see as much Bill as I thought we would see. I know. Um, and Bill Proxima is a good team right oh, there. Yeah. 
Um, and that's what I was about to say is, on that page, uh, things that let you shoot through barrier. You know you know what could be really good, actually, um, would be, instead of Banshee, to run somebody with the wall and keep your guys protected while Bill and Proxima shoot through yeah. the... Or, you know... Keep the barrier up. Some sort of a Sarah Rainmaker on Pacifica. <laughs> no, the, the problem with the Sarah Rainmaker team in this, and that's someone pointed out to me, was that... It's equal map role, so I mean you yeah. don't have it. Really, kind of screws you there. Well, and that's not a theme team anyway, so you don't. You actually want it to be equal map. Well, with role, uh, with uh, entities, it entities, would be. Yeah, I guess you could line it up. Um, yeah, anything that lets you shoot through barriers is important because barrier is the primary way of protecting yourself. Um, what's that Evan Sir do that makes everyone run him? Is he just a solid fifty point piece, or does he have some gimmick? No, he's not. Uh, because I know we've looked here. at him before, and I couldn't remember he is, something. He is pretty good for his values. I only saw him on was it two teams or maybe just one? Uh, he was on an, he was on the first He's place the, team, and he was on one in the lower bracket. I lower. think it's. In my opinion, I think it's just because he's the cheapest access to the constructs. He's only fifty points, and then you—I mean, he's sixty. Oh yeah, that's a fifty-point free barrier. That's all. It's a. What's it's his a trait. Every it, time they use a prob to reroll an attack. Targeting him, okay, so never mind, that's not... It's just, he's the cheapest way to get that toolbox on your team. Six, yeah. 60 points if you start him with the wall, which you should, and then, you know, you have your sw- your swap downs from there. Yeah. That's pretty much it. The only issue is he is a prime, and so he's going to take up the prime slot and keep you from playing Banshee or Cerise or some of the other, Brother Voodoo or some of the other really good Banshee. primes. Banshee's not a prime. Or no, I'm sorry, not Banshee. Uh, who was the one we were just talking about a minute ago? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. So, Psychic Blast, some way to to decrease uh, defense values, whether it's Prob, Police, Hydra, Perplex. Barrier, sources of guaranteed damage are also good. Um, from there, just keep in your mind, like, how am I going to deal with X, Y, and Z? And the yeah. X, Y, and Z, for now, my predictions would be Kyle, always need to have a backup plan for High Father. And Despotellus. Those would be the three. Yeah, because nothing's as disappointing as having this amazing team idea and then finding out that as soon as you sit across the table from High Father, there's no way you can win. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple people found themselves in that position. And that's, oh, yeah. that's the point of playing High Father. You know, honestly, otherwise, he's pretty overcosted, to be oh, totally yeah. honest. No, no, no. He, he's not the. Even, bef- even without them nerfing him, he's not the ridiculous monster that people try to initially thought he would be or some some narrow-minded people were saying he was going to be um he's he's great for his points he's great for the meta because he creates that whole that he he makes you think about your team build and that's a good thing i'm and, wondering if the expectation of high fathers would stop bizarro well and what do we see now that he's out now that he exists in the game even after nerf what have we seen our teams? We've seen our teams move to this format. We've seen them move to more like Easton's team with a hundred point Proxima, ninety eight point Banshee, fifty point Blue Lantern. Yeah. Like the way the teams really It's four or five solid figures. The way they should of, be, to be totally yeah. honest. Because as we said, Glenn's the Super Scroll teams, his only loss was to High Father. And if he would have ran into another High Father team, he probably would have lost again. Well what because, he mentions uh, in otherwise his... on his team is just Abin and a fifty point Bruce Wayne yeah. who is can't attack. He's a perplexer and a TKer. You know, Abin can help you break the pact, but 
Other than that, <laughs> Super Scroll's gonna. We got Secret Passage Bruce Wayne in number one spot. <laughs> You're putting 170 points or, into uh, one figure. That's gonna really hurt you against High Father. Yeah. So I mean, it it helps balance everything out. As I said, I'm just happy. This is a very diverse meta. From this sample, at least. And from what we've seen from the other... There's yeah. only a couple. But this is pretty much the norm. We see a lot of Kyle, some Proxima in there, too, and a lot of Despotella. So those are the key things to think about when you build your team. How are you going to deal with them? Once again, it's not all... It's not like back in the day, people want to complain about the current meta with entities and all that. No Tactics is a great way to not have to deal with that and just to try out no resources, stuff like that. And as you said, I would like to see that. I would like to see no tactics, no possession become a thing at Gen Con next year. I would personally like to see possessions be considered tactics oh, as agree. well. But that's we've talked about that. Like we've beat that horse dead. Day. Yeah. Um, moving into community, dial design is up. It is due not till Saturday, so you guys have plenty of time if you want to join in. This week I'm going to kind of do some different things. I have some different things planned, but the assignment this week is actually Bible Clicks. And this is inspired by last month us having some cool submissions. Uh, a newer designer came in, almost one, and he had a really cool di- uh, David dial and a really cool Goliath dial. And then we all got talking about Bible Clicks in the thread. And so we decided to do Bible Clicks for week one. And I feel like it's fair because even if you don't have much knowledge of the Bible... There's some interesting characters. There's a... How many... First of all, how many characters <laughs> in the Bible? Like, infinite, right? And then, also, it's... There's tons of websites you could go to and get, like, character summaries on any character from the Bible yeah. and, like, get an idea on what dial this make to me, do. This makes me really want, like, a Greek Greek mythology month, too. So... Well, that'd be fun. We're gonna... We'll, you'll see a little theme we're gonna... I think I'm, I'm gonna go towards with uh, November style designs. So that's up. It's uh, still up until Saturday, and this is the first week, so if you guys haven't jumped in, jump in and, and get your scores in so that you can have a chance at winning for November. Best build we gave out last week... You'll basically just have, over the next few days, you'll have uh, about a week, if that, to submit these to us. So if you're unfamiliar with Best Build, this is how it works. I give you a build format, and you turn in a team on Gmail at dialh4heroclicks at gmail.com. That's it. You just give us a team. How would you play it? What map would you use? Some suggestions. Drew, Austin, and I each pick a team. We play them, and whoever does the best. Not Austin. The winner. You won once, didn't you? I don't think I've ever won. Actually. I think you won once. Drew won like three times, or maybe four. If Hunter picks your team, expect to win it. And then I've won probably only probably well, six I don't or know. seven. This this event has the whole shape change thing, which is a good luck factor for That's me. True. So the this uh, format is five hundred points, golden age. Um, you can play any figures, ATAs, and relics. But you cannot play entities, resources, battlefield conditions, feats, any of that. So figures, ATAs, and relics only. For a figure to be legal for this event, it has to have A, a qualifying keyword, or B, two uh, specific power colors showing on their dial. So the keywords, if your figure has any of these keywords, it automatically is legal. Monster, animal, kid, or team. Pretty easy for a Halloween event. Monster, animal, kid, or team. 
if you don't have any of those keywords, you can still make a figure legal, but on its opening click, so for most figures, number one, if you're playing a wild dial, like a vampire or something, whatever click that the figure would start the game on, that click needs to show two colors that are either orange, black, or yellow. And you can have one black, one orange, like stealth toughness, or you can have two black, stealth outwit, just a as long as two of your power squares aren't colored orange, black, or yellow, you're good. And I've sit, went through a list of just a few of the combinations, and I came up with a ton of popular pieces. So it's not that hard to build teams for this. Uh, other than that, all figures are also going to get shape change, but only on a six. So similar to how the scrolls team ability works. Um, if they already have regular shape change, then of course they'll use that instead, since that's better. It'd be five or six, but. All figures will all figures will get shape change on a six. And since orange is a qualifying color, Battle Fury is going to be great for this. I know. I'm picking an all Battle Fury team. I was really thinking about it if somebody built one. <laughs> and then of course, like it's it's just one of those events where it, it's going to be a fun one to see what kind of teams people pick. I'm. A, do we have any submissions that are full zombie teams yet? Mm, I don't. Surprisingly, I don't think so. I have seen a lot of animal teams. A whole lot of animal teams so far. Really? That's the different oh, animals are qualified. It's definitely the most common one I've seen so far. I have seen a monster though. I expected monster to be the most common. Considering we get a ton of zombie submissions on our non-Halloween events, I'm going to be shocked if we don't get. A I'm ton sure of we'll get some zombie ones here pretty soon. I'm going to pick one just so that way I have to figure out and find all a bunch of people to borrow them from. Um, other than that, we're going to get into some mailbag. I first want to promote some of the other big events that are coming up um, in, let's see, it's October 28th. The next big event we have is in Danville, Virginia, Costa Mesa, California at Majestics, and at Toys and Things in Danvers, Massachusetts, any of those areas, Virginia, California, Massachusetts, Super Qs are coming up on December 7th. And then three on the same day. That's nuts. Yep, and but they're pretty far oh, away. Oh yeah, no, 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 they're spread out. Virginia, Virginia, Massachusetts are low cost, but Virginia, California, Massachusetts, and the, again, that's on December. Set our back up. They got to 2013 listed. We were looking at 2013. Okay, I was about to say because it's really <laughs> confusing. Uh, let's see, 10, 2015 20, season. This is the one. Here we go. So next big one is in Richmond again, Richmond, Kentucky, on November 22nd. That's at the Cosmic Oasis. November 29th, Pastime it's in Langley, British Columbia. And let's see, no, December 6th, we have Tulsa. They have a lot of tournaments out there. Tulsa Hero Clicks Group in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that'll do it for the rest of this year for Super Q. So just three Super Qs left, and then no regionals, as far as I can see, for, no, the, rest of the, for the rest of this year. Calendar yeah. year. And then there's a whole lot um, starting in uh, January. January, including one, including word. a Majestics Regional in California, which I was looking at the thread for the other day and has a crap ton of extra prizes thrown in there. So if you're gonna yeah. make it out to one, that'd be a good one to go to. The January seventeenth in uh, Costa Mesa, California, and we're talking about trying to make the Super Q in Cincinnati in January. Yeah, that one's close to us. And a bunch of those guys came out and supported us in our in our Super Q or that we were, or our regional that we ran. So, and what day is that again? Where's that one at? It's uh, January tenth. Okay, 
Yeah, if as long as work schedules allow, we may be able to head out for that one. We don't. People have asked this on the podcast, like about traveling long distance. We play. Cl- we mainly just play for enjoyment. We're not competitive. I would definitely would not say any of us are competitive. I'm not hoarding points. Yeah, we're not competitive. <laughs> that players, they know of. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we don't enjoy going to these events and playing anyways, and mostly just meeting and hanging out and just kind of being in these environments. So if a, if one is close, like Ohio, like Cincinnati is not that far from us, then we if we can, we'll definitely make the the trek out. Yeah, there. and as I said, uh, that gaming group came out here and they played in the regional, and they were a bunch of really nice guys. They asked us if we'd come out, so maybe if we if we actually are able to. As long as I'm not on call, I don't see why we can't. Um, and actually, Hunter, I am a hyper competitive player. I play under the pseudonym Oolong Johnson. Oolong Johnson. Oolong Johnson. <laughs> Let's open up the old Facebook and find our messages this week. Matter of fact, I I don't know if we had okay, here we go. So Malcolm Rush, man from Japan. That's a pretty broad question. That's actually <laughs> that's a very broad question. So well, that's gonna be a hard one. Which special power do you like the best? There's only a million to choose from. Which trait do you like the best? So just think of one that you like a lot. Doesn't necessarily have to sit here and think about your absolute all-time favorite because it would take forever. But uh, Proxima Midnight's is definitely up there. It is really cool. Definitely. And on that same vein, uh, I think my favorite trait just might be the Cold Obsidian. <laughs> well, in that vein, special power... Corvus fucking glaive. Corvus. Corvus, Corvus fucking, fucking glaive. I mean, Corvus. His thought, his power really is cool because he hits you, and then rolls blades, and then gets to choose: Do I want to heal? Like, do I want to hit you for two and heal three? Or like, he has options. And it's funny because like my picks of these, like, it's not just because they're recent pieces in my memory. It's just because really, honestly, playing these pieces, some of the most fun I've had with special powers and traits in a while. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. If we're talking combo special powers, um, I like any power that grants Pinsai and Energy Explosion together. Um, there's a couple pieces like that. Captain Marvel has it. Uh, the old M10 Green Goblin has it. Um, creative ones. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I like Larflees' trait. Shuts down constructs. I like Living Mummy's trait just because I love Shambling. Shambling. <laughs> Um, gosh, any of the Flash stuff that's coming out, all those Speed Force traits are nuts. The Flash that goes around the map, that's a cool idea. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) again, there's a bajillion to choose from. It's hard to think of one off the top of my head. Oh, Bunker. I really like Bunker. I was about to say Bunker earlier, and I was trying to remember what his power did. Kind of him in general, but... Just the fact that he can keep his barrier out for as long as he wants and a smoke cloud out for as long as he wants and like kind of manipulate the battlefield as he goes along. I really like, he's really fun. You know what was really fun? Playing a battle royale with him and pinning myself in the corner to where no one could get to me. <laughs> mm. I don't know other than that. There's just so I many. feel like there's a Lord of the Rings or a Mage Knight type person that I'm forgetting that I really like. I'm gonna have to 
It's not. It wouldn't be any of the Return of the King guys. Uh, maybe some of that. Uh, what's that skeleton guy you like so much? I like Skeleton Skullwalker a lot. I like the. My favorite is Shift Ravager. That's it, sorry. But he doesn't have anything that really like separates him or anything. Hmm. Let me flip through here. There are some. There's the uh, the Mage Knight orc guy who can um, basically. His his epic is like however many actions tokens you have you take a damn let me find him, Ocon Bone Spike I think is the one I'm thinking of yeah give him give him an epic action choose up to one opposing character mark with an action token for each 200 points and then deal each of the chosen characters damage like he kind of makes you come to him because he can sit there and do that and then he has a cool trait too he can charge when an adjacent character opposing character is KO'd it doesn't have to be him that does it just when an adjacent opposing character is KO'd. He can use charge for free and can use exploit as well. So. Yeah, really. Sick. I can't wait till they print another character that can do something like that unlimited. Like oh, you they... know what else is really cool? Validus's trait. Validus the is whole really... move and then yeah. pulse wave for um, free. Speaking on the note of that con bone spike thing, though, um, what's his name from Superman? The one who can charge, kill somebody, and then charge and kill somebody else. Why can't I remember his name? He's from Kingdom Come. Well, oh, Magog. Magog. Yeah, he is fun, too. That question's so broad. <laughs> I know. Um, let's see what else we got. I think there's another one from Facebook. Ruben William Torres. Oh, he was asking suggestions on the uh, Sinister team. So we don't have to read that one. Uh, Chad Van Horn uh, asked if... Shriek's special movement ability would shut down Pulse Wave. Hmm. And so let's read Shriek, because I don't think we talked a whole lot about Shriek on the podcast before. And I do really like this figure. I do actually have a team coming up that I'm going to be trying it out on. If anybody turns in for best build, I'm probably, I might try it too. She does have the monster keyword. Um, so her movement power, yeah, her movement power, characters within range that do not have the maximum carnage keyword possess battle fury. Shriek can use mind control and when she does she can blah 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 blah. So her so this is where the battle fury is coming from. Characters within her range, which is six, that don't have the maximum carnage keyword, which they probably don't because there's only like four of them created. Uh, possess battle fury. Okay, so his question is, does that would that shut down pulse wave? The answer is yes, unless you could legally target her with that pulse wave. Really? Yes. And this is the same way with Unspoken. Um, if you if you can use pulse wave against her, then by the time that the actual attack happens, you're already ignoring her power. See, I didn't think you could draw the ranged line of fire because you didn't have pulse wave. Or you didn't well, have- she, pul- Battle Fury doesn't keep you from drawing line of fire. Because otherwise you wouldn't be able to outwit, you wouldn't be able to perplex, you wouldn't be able to anything. You can't make ranged attacks. Well, the way that Pulse Wave is worded is it happens in steps. Gotcha. And let me pull up my PAC since I happen to have it right here. Pulse Wave happens in steps, and that's the best way to understand how this works. So the first step is give it a ranged combat action even if it's adjacent to opposing character. The area of effect for this attack is half the character's range. So when you figure out your half the range, Shriek is going to have to be inside of that half the range. So, keep that in mind. Draw lines of fire to all other characters. Again, Battle Fury doesn't keep you from drawing lines of fire, like we just said. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to outwit or perplex. 
So you draw lines of fire to all other characters within the area of effect. Uh, blah, blah, blah. These lines of fire ignore all game effects except for walls blocking Elvid. So at this point, step two, when you draw the lines of fire, you're now ignoring her battle fury. And step three is when you go to make, make the, the close combat or the range combat attack. Gotcha. So by the time that you get to the attack step, her power is already being ignored. See, uh, now the- she herself cannot use if if an effect uh, she wouldn't obviously because she does have the maximum carnage cured but in the event of like unspoken or certain things if if everybody had if you're the character that's wanting to pulse wave had is the w- way that you're getting battle fury then you couldn't do it yeah see what threw me off was I thought battle fury was couldn't make ranged combat actions but it's actually attacks <clears throat> Yes, yeah. if you couldn't make ranged combat actions, then you could right. declare a pulse wave. And that's why it works, because you declare, you start the action, you draw lines of fire and ignore, then at this point you're ignoring the Battle Fury, and now you go to make the attack. So it's the same case with Atrocitus, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the answer is she would shut it down unless she is inside the pulse wave range and can have... Will you let her out? Take the yep. fucking collar off. She's going to drive me nuts. Aye. Um... So thanks, Chad, for that question, because that is something that, that is, is always good to bring up on the podcast. I'm pretty oh, sure... Pulse Wave ignores everything. Take your collar off. I'm pretty sure we had a... Uh, Torres Lewis was wanting some advice on building a team for his War of the Light on Indigo. Let's see. Uh, that's a little bit long. So for those of you guys who send us... Um, who send us questions and comments about building teams and helping you out with team advice. I try to help as much as I can. At this point, though, we get so many. I probably, on average, no joke, get four to five PMs, emails, um, messages on HD Realm's new message system a day. And so I do not have time to <laughs> answer everybody. I try to help out when I have a free moment at work or something. If I'm not doing anything, I've I've been helping some of you guys out, but if if you send me a build question and I don't answer it, it's not, you know, I'm not ignoring you. I just don't have time because we get bombarded with a lot. Yeah, if you guys ever catch me on HC Realms, usually I'll help out with those because it gives me something to do. But uh, we do have a couple Gmails. Of course, we have one for Eric Linnell. His questions this week. <clears throat> Number one, was Drew able to keep his pants on during the Constantine premiere? I don't know. I we'll, didn't hear anything about it. We'll wait, and we'll talk about it when he's back. Um, I actually haven't seen it either yet. Have you seen it yet? I, I, I think I'm going to Pirate Bay tonight. So, we'll check it out. We'll get back to you when Drew's back next week. Number two, does Austin stick to original Cheez-Its for his ill-advised chili modification? Or does he branch out to the different Cheez-It flavors? Oh, no, no, no. You branch out. Original Cheez-Its work... But they don't, they don't work as well. Like uh, any of the spicy cheeses are great, especially the ones with like a little bit of pepper flavor in them. Which normally I hate pepper flavoring, but in chili it's just so good. Um, white cheddar cheeses are really good, um, but I'm privy to any of the Jack, any of the cheddar Jack cheeses or anything like that. Just so good in chili. So many things wrong. And that, with that I get, I jump in a freaking HC Realms chat earlier with like five, six people, and the first question I get asked is Fritos or Cheez-Its. You guys just won't let me live this down, will you? Number three, can a friendly character move through squares occupied by your own power battery? The answer is yes, and the answer would also be opposing characters can also move through squares occupied by your own power battery as long as they're legal, as long as they wouldn't get like tied up otherwise. 
Um, the power battery is not a character. And actually, I'm fairly certain on the power battery card it even says that you could move through it. But regardless, yes, for sure. Characters, any character can move through the squares of the power battery. You just can't end your movement. That's something I never thought in about. In the power actually. battery squares. Number four, a better feeling. Killing your opponent's power battery or force blasting a non-flyer to their death. Ooh. That second one. Definitely the second one. I mean, it's more fun now. If you replace the first one with when my opponent accidentally kills their own power battery, it's a really close one to me. But the second one's just too much fun because force blast never gets used. I'll do you one better. Outwitting flight and then force blasting someone to their death. Oh, yeah. For some reason is much more satisfying. Remember and, when I did that to you with a uh, wasp? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also it's more satisfying just because I force blasted people to their death so many more times than I've killed a. I've it, never killed an opponent's power battery. Actually, I've had them kill their own. Oh yeah, many times. But I've never killed. It's too hard to kill a power battery. To be yeah. totally honest, it should not be negative two damage. It's, but, uh, the force blast thing though is so much fun, especially with the new impact or with impact beam. With impact beam, it's easy as hell. Oh yeah, it's so much fun though. <laughs> Number five, what comic book characters would you like to see get their own live-action show? Hmm. Wow. Well, see, my first instinct is obviously Batman. But then I think of all the bad live-action Batman shows, particularly Batman Adam West style, and I just, I'd rather just have it left alone. I want to shift over. I'm trying to think Marvel-wise. I would like to see Hawkeye or Black Widow get their own TV show. Well... Maybe they'll get inter- integrated into Shield. I'm hoping. Show. And that would be obviously that would be a good. They'd be the two best ones to go oh, yeah. with because well, they're, they're adding Mockingbird to the TV show. I mean, they're modern day. You know, like or they're very. They're not super he- villain or heroes or villains. Like they're not super powered. So yeah. obviously they would be good fits. I'm trying to think. I really would love uh, more Hellboy in the BPRD. I, and I also think that would get people into the show that aren't necessarily into um, comics because monsters in general are so hot right now, like vampires and other mystical you yeah. know type things that they are up against all the time. Like like Van Helsing type stuff. Like I feel like. People, I feel like that would reach a broader demographic than something like Flash, where if people don't care about Flash, they probably aren't going to watch Flash. To be totally honest, yep. Um, it's and if branching out from superheroes, even like if you think about just comics to TV shows, like Walking Dead got a TV show. Yeah, I mean, like I would honestly love to see a Sweet Tooth TV show, but it will only run like two, three seasons. At think most. about how. Think about how popular shows like Charmed still are. Oh, yeah, no, Buffy. And Buffy. Like, that's why I think Hellboy and BPRD would do yeah. well. Because of it, it kind of fits in that genre. And that's part of why I have high hopes for Constantine. Hey, Ron Perlman's great on TV. Because Constantine kind of... Got, oh, speaking of which, uh, the new SOA season's on yep. Netflix I've now. I've been watching some of it. But, uh... So those would, those would be up there for me. And then we got one more. I think it's a rules question. Jesse Robertson. Can I run in Charlie Exploit? It's kind of, if Austin's the judge, so we've, we've answered this all the time, if Austin's the judge. <laughs> if I'm the judge, you can running shot whatever the hell you want to do. Alright, so it's kind of long, so I'm going to just kind of read the summary. Does Shuma Goras' power state, I think he's talking about the trait, state that he can only multi-target characters that have an action token? Let's bring up old Shuma. It's been a while since we talked about Shuma. I miss Shuma. You know what, I miss, I miss playing Marvel 3 when you get together and play some Marvel oh, yeah. 3 sometimes. 
So Shuma has uh, multiple traits and special powers, but his second trait, Shuma can use Flurry and Plasticity. When this character is given an action that includes... I think it means the attack uh, Well, that one says five squares, too. Okay. Let's go... Okay, they're both... Okay, yeah, so I, I apologize. Austin's right. The attack power is what he's referring Austin's to. Austin's always right. Shuma can use end cap as a free action. When he does, he targets up to five characters within five squares and line of fire that have action tokens. Yeah, that's straightforward. So he's asking... So, But this is interesting. The way it's worded, could he end cap somebody right next to him, normally end cap somebody if they didn't have action tokens? When he does, he targets up to five characters... I would say he Oh, I see could. what you're saying. I would say he could end cap anybody that's adjacent to him and then anybody else within five in line of fire that have action tokens. I disagree. Because I think the statement of when he does implies that he has to use that special condition for the end cap. No, the when he does is referring to end cap, though. The when he does mean... When it says yeah, when, when he, he does, uses it as a free action. When he uses it as a free action... He targets up to five characters within five squares in line of fire that I have action token. Yeah, I don't think he could target an adjacent character that didn't have an action token. Mm, that's inter- That's what I'm. That's why I'm bringing it up though, because it's yeah. Inter- no, it's an. I, I see where he's coming from. I'm definitely. thinking they would rule it that he could target additional because I don't. It, it doesn't say when he does instead. It doesn't say instead or only. That's the, true. The words that they usually use. Damn it, whiz kids! But we will look into that and uh, first. Let's double check. The forums and make sure that there's not. I very much doubt there is. But. One thing I brought up this weekend that I love about the new WizKids event system is that Google bots archive it, so you can literally Google rules questions followed with HeroClix rules, and it'll typically find them. The only Shuma question on here looks like it's. Uh, yeah, neither one of those are answered because that's talking about his trait versus stealth. Yeah, I don't consider that. We'll have to. You'll have to uh, start a question on it on the rules forums and ask us because we disagree. So no, no, no. Yeah, oh, we disagree with each other. I thought you meant disagree with his. We disagree with each other. So ask. Well, he doesn't know. He's asking either way. He yeah. didn't really have one way or the. So, ask one on the WizKids forums. Get back to us. Let us know. Um, Hunter says. He could target anyone next to him, adjacent to him, regardless if they have action tokens or not, and then up to five characters within five squares in line of fire that have action tokens. Austin says he can only target people that have action tokens. And this is coming from the guy who lets you running shot exploit. So if I say you can't do something... (laughs) That's going to do it for us this week. Be sure, as I said, because we don't know how our schedule is going to go, to pay attention to Twitter. Watch our like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, um, and then if you don't already, you should check out the HeroClick subreddit. It's a good place. A lot of cool guys there. Lots of uh, weekly, lots of fun weekly discussions. Mm-hmm. And, talk. and they keep up on the uh, news stuff really quickly too. Oh yeah, that's honestly I pick up news. Most of my news when I repost it to our groups is straight from there because they post it faster than anybody. And the guys who um, are the mods there tend to do a really good job too. They seem to be nice guys. So yep. show some love to the HeroClick subreddit. Until next time, this is Hunter Smith. And this is Austin Smith. Signing off.